1: Pardon the interruption, but I'm Frank Isola. I've been working with my co-host for years, and now everyone knows her name.
0: Aww. I'm Mina Kimes, and they know yours too, Hank.
1: See, that's not fair. That's not nice. Especially on a Friday, our second day, when we finally wore different outfits.
0: Yeah, I'm grateful for that.
1: I should have worn green. That should have been me. That should have been me. I don't... Wasn't thinking straight. But she's back. We're both back. Next week we'll be back as well. That's a tease in the TV business. <laughs> Welcome to PTI. Mike and Tony are co piloting a paddle boat in the Tidal Basin. So I'm lucky to be joined by my great friend from NFL Live and about six other shows, Mina Collins. <laughs> wow. You're on a couple of them. The friends. energy was a little, a little low today, I think. i got to be honest with you. All right, let's start with today's second round of the British Open. Tiger Woods said he felt like he needed a 66 to make the cut. But he shot 75. He shed tears while he walked up to 18 to the roars of the crowd, knowing this might have been his last competitive round at St. Andrews. Meanwhile, Saudi tour star Dustin Johnson took the lead early, but the two cams are atop the leaderboard. Smith at minus 13 and Young at minus 11 with Rory right behind at minus 10. Mina, what's your biggest takeaway from today? you got
0: to start with Tiger, right? I mean, that indelible, emotional, beautiful image of him walking up to that final hole. It was hard not to get worked up, knowing, as you said, that it is likely to be his last appearance at St. Andrews since the Open won't be back there for several years. But I was also struck by the moment in which he tipped his cap to yeah. Rory McElroy, knowing that Rory as a child idolized Tiger in large part because of his success at this course growing up in Europe and also setting up what I feel is one of the most compelling storylines going into this weekend, which is Rory is absolutely killing it so yeah. far. Heads in just third shots out of the league. He's the one I'm going to be watching. He is the one I feel most invested in.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, Justin Thomas also tipping his cap to Tiger Woods. Who, you know, Tiger said he be lucky enough to play another British Open here at St. Andrews, and it's so tough when you see the legends, when they kind of know that they're at the end of the road. You know, you said something yesterday, which I thought was really smart. In fact, it was so smart, I'm going to take credit for it eventually. (laughs) How it's basically the PGA Tour against the Live Tour. It's almost like two teams, and now with Dustin Johnson playing really well, sitting, you know, tied for fourth, where you could get him and Rory, because remember, Rory is kind of the – you know, he's the one carrying the flag for the PGA Tour. And then you have the two Cams with Cam Smith and the leaderboard. And there are rumors going around that he may join the Live Tour at some point. And then, of course, the New Yorker, Cam Young, remains right now in second. So this tournament at this moment has a lot of intrigue. But I would also say this, because you mentioned Tiger Woods and the competition between the PGA and the Live. It, in a weird way, it's not a great day for the PGA Tour because the face of that tour is Tiger Woods. And there's almost an acknowledgment today that he's you know, at the end of the road, and now you have all these live-tour golfers who didn't really do much in the PGA who are now in contention you know, going into Saturday and Sunday. That's, that's why, you know, in a lot of ways for me, a little bit of a sad day for Tiger, but not a great day for the PGA.
0: I hear you, and that makes uh, Rory's uh, performance, upcoming performance all the more compelling, knowing that he has not just his own legacy, on his shoulders, but potentially the PGA's as well. All right, when we last left Sun center DeAndre Ayton, he was preparing to sign a four-year, $133 million offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. Well, Phoenix stepped up and matched the offer last night, meaning Ayton stays a Sun at least until they can trade him on January 15th if they go that route. Ayton took a huge amount of the heat for the Suns' playoff failure, Frank. Do you think this will be an awkward reunion?
1: Yeah, you know, I really don't think it will be. And you and I both said something smart yesterday that the Phoenix Suns had to match that offer, and they did it before 12 o'clock last night. You know, the only thing the Suns didn't do, if they had given DeAndre Ayton the money at the start of the season, then who knows, maybe there isn't that much drama. And, of course, they blamed Game 7 and really their playoff loss on him. But another variable, variable, if they had signed him before the season, they now could trade him. And he could be involved in maybe some kind of complicated deal for Kevin Durant. So by signing him now, that's kind of off the table until at least – January 15th, but I don't think his son teammates will have a problem because players look at it a lot differently. First of all, they're all going to say you were the number one pick, overall pick. You deserve to get paid. Mikel Bridges who was in that same draft, he's been paid. Devin Booker's gotten paid. Chris Paul has spent his entire career getting paid. So I think the players look at it like, you know what? You deserve this. We made, we made the finals two years ago with you. This past season, we won 64 games. We're happy to have you back.
0: Yeah, Internally, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. it's from the outside when you look at the bigger picture that this feels disappointing. There's this term in behavioral economics called loss aversion, which basically means I humans that. are conditioned. Interesting, surprising, <laughs> maybe a, a little bit uh, unpredictable. But um, you know, as you know, as an expert, humans are conditioned to feel losses more acutely than opportunities, and I think that's the case here, right? Because as solid as Aiton has been, as Important as he was to a team that won 64 games, this feels disappointing because it's overshadowed by the fact that, as you said, they could have gotten Kevin Durant, or at least yeah. it felt like they could have gotten Kevin Durant, and this makes that path all the more difficult. Maybe they'll be able to cobble something together with Bridges and picks, but I find it hard to believe, and it seems more likely that KD will be headed back to the Nets.
1: Well, what do you? Th- well, that's what I was going to ask you. I think, actually, think it's a pretty good day right now for the Brooklyn Nets yeah. because Kevin Durant's two teams are Miami. And it was Phoenix, very difficult to make a move. Now, Toronto was still in play. I had heard a few days ago there was a deal involving four first-round picks, maybe Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Scotty Barnes is not going to be involved. As we stand right now, do you think that Kevin Durant, first day of training camp, is a Brooklyn Net? Yes or no?
0: Absolutely. Yes. Uh, uh, because you're right. Toronto has the best potential offer, but Toronto wasn't on his list of teams. I know. He doesn't seem motivated to go there. And if that's the case, I think Brooklyn would be entirely happy to welcome him back, even if there's some drama. As a result.
1: Yeah, and I think Kevin Durant will be fine. I think he's professional enough. He'd handle it the right way. All right. Now to the NFL, where the Houston Texans have settled with 30 women who accused Sean Watson of sexual misconduct. While he was a member of the team, one of those accusers filed suit against the Texans last month, claiming that the team, quote, turned a blind eye to Watson's behavior. The settlements address that suit and similar potential suits by massage therapists represented by Tony Busby. All right, Mina, what are your thoughts on today's news?
0: I feel like this should be the obvious reaction, although I don't know if it is. Why isn't the NFL looking at the Texans, yeah. or at least uh, publicly doing so? I mean, it's been over a month, Frank, since the New York Times reported that the team not only provided Watson with a location to conduct some of these many, many massages, but also furnished him with a non-disclosure That's agreement right. after one of the women came out in public. Uh, and yet, from the NFL, crickets on the subject of the team, which I guess shouldn't be surprising given the lenience with which they've treated other teams, like the Washington football team, of course, amidst their own workplace scandal. But it doesn't mean it's right. And if the NFL does care about sexual misconduct, which remains to be seen in this case, they can't just look at the alleged perpetrator. They also have to look at the enablers, too.
1: So what would you do? Would you fine the Texans, maybe take draft picks away? What would be the punishment that you think would uh, suit this
0: well. I, I talked about the Washington football team, and that's the precedent here. They, of course, received ten million dollar fine. But as I said, that was lenient. Owner Dan Snyder has not been sufficiently punished. This is, of course, still ongoing with the congressional investigation. So, if I were the NFL, I would go hard on the Texans, and I would have gone harder on Washington too.
1: Yeah. All right. So here's the statement now from the part of their statement where they said, this is not an admission of any wrongdoing, but instead a clear stand against any form of sexual assault and misconduct. I kind of take it like it is a form, you're acknowledging some wrongdoing here, but it's also another way of saying, the next time you want to talk about this, do us a favor, call up to Sean Watson's lawyer and go ask the Cleveland Browns. We don't want any more to do with this. And that would be the next thing. They signed him five years, $230 million dollars. How how do the Cleveland Browns look in this whole thing? Because there's a chance that Deshaun Watson might not play football this year.
0: Yeah, nobody comes out of this looking good, Frank. And to the point about the Texans and the plausible deniability, so it was their head of security who allegedly furnished that NDA, according to Watson, who was deposed. That doesn't mean that the team didn't know about it. You can always say, well, it didn't go all the way to the top, but that's a pretty high-ranking official there. All right, let's move on to a much different NFL story involving a much different quarterback. Raven star Lamar Jackson was the unanimous choice as a league MVP after the 2019 season, but ESPN's recent survey of league execs, coaches, scouts, and players ranked him outside the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. Former Ravens safety Bernard Pollard agreed loudly on Twitter, saying top receivers don't want to play with Jackson. Jackson clapped back, as did former Ravens receiver Hollywood Brown. Frank, does Lamar Jackson get too much heat? All
1: right, now Pollard was known as the Patriot killer. He knocked Tom Brady out. Mm-hmm. He knocked Robin Gronkowski out, Wes Wilker as well. Now he's the quarterback killer with, uh, with Lamar Jackson. I don't have a problem with him stating his opinion. And to me, it looks like maybe he's trying to get into the media. It's almost like a Patrick Beverly thing. Let let me go after him. And I know the way players are, you know, they're almost thinking, you just broke a code to go after Lamar Jackson like that. But Mm -hmm. guess what? In the regular season, Lamar Jackson has proven he's an outstanding quarterback. But the way we are today, you all you younger people, all we look at is playoffs. And in the playoffs, the success and the performances haven't been great. If You're asking me right now, can he win a Super Bowl? Is he good enough? Yes, because look who's won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco, Trent Dilfer. What did they have when they were in Baltimore? Great defenses. Peyton Manning, his last year, the last Super Bowl that he won with Denver. Let me give you his numbers in the Super Bowl. 13 of 23, 141 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Lamar Jackson's better than all those guys. He's better than all of them. So I think he could win. What does it matter if he's a top, who thinks he's a top 10 quarterback? But he needs to play better. Be fair, in the postseason, he needs to play better.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's only been a handful of games. I'm glad you walked back that comparison, because when when you mentioned Trent Dilfer and Lamar Jackson in the same sentence, uh, my goosebumps (laughs) were going up and down my arms. I was just getting so worked up. Uh, To to Bernard Pollard's point, though, there's actually a little bit of grain of truth there about receivers not wanting to play in Baltimore, but. I would contend it's not because of Lamar Jackson. So the rap on Lamar Jackson is that he's not as good as a passer as he is as a runner From some people. But the truth is, since 2019, Lamar Jackson has actually ranked 11th in the NFL in passer rating. That does not account for runs at all. That is better than Derek Carr and Justin Herbert, for example, who's played, of course, fewer games. He is a very good passer, but they don't have a very good passing offense. And I think a lot of the criticism there should be directed at offensive coordinator Greg Roman. Lamar Jackson is a very good quarterback. He is much better than the ones you named, or most of them no. there. I think he can carry his team <laughs> to a Super Bowl, and I also think Bernard Pollard uh, you know, might want to walk back some right, of his takes.
1: Accuracy absolutely has to improve. I'm not comparing him to Chad but my point is he's better than those guys, and they won a Super Bowl. So my point is yeah. Lamar Jackson certainly could win a Super Bowl, but the performance in the playoffs, he's already won MVP of the regular season. So the fans look at it like we know what you can do in the regular season. Everyone is thinking you're one and three in the postseason. That's where you want to see it. But let's remember, he's a young guy. He has plenty of time to get better. To me, more than good enough to win with, but it needs to be better. And admit that. Don't, come on now. Admit that.
0: I I think that he has had a couple of lackluster performances. I also think, more importantly, his team has had lackluster performances. It's a team sport, Frank, and they have been lacking. around. Not him.
1: that one loss record for quarterbacks like you always tell me. Alright, oh. let's take a break, but coming up, the Red Hot Mariners not again, are suddenly in playoff position, but will they end up there?
0: And the Knicks reportedly walked away from their first attempt to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Will a deal eventually get done anyways?
1: I didn't say they're better. I said that they have won and I think that he could win. IFA, I like him as a quarterback. Pardon
0: the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. Part of Happy Hour. uninterrupted listening so no more cliffhangers amazon music offers the most ad-free top podcasts so we know they definitely have something for you and it's already included in your prime membership to start listening download the amazon music app for free or go to amazon.com pti that's amazon.com pti to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads
2: have you ridden an electric e-bike yet you need to check out electric e-bikes today the number one selling e-bike in America. so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot
0: Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, presented by Corona Extra, part of Happy
1: Hour. Welcome back to the PTI Psychic Hotline, where the psychics you want aren't necessarily the psychics you get on a day like today. It's also an opportunity for me to dress up like an idiot and Mina to make fun of me. Oh, I sensed the first call. Let's go.
0: Hi, Mina. Hi, Frank. The Mariners won their 11th straight last night
2: and now hold one of the AL wildcard slots. Do you see them keeping it?
1: Oh, my God. It's like we're KOMO out in Seattle. Yes, I do see them. Hang on, last night, how about this? They came back from 5-1 down, two runs in the seventh, three in the eighth, the second longest winning streak in club history. And all those other teams in the AL East that are fighting for playoff position, they're going to knock each other off. So the Mariners, yes, are a playoff team.
0: Yes, I do think so, as much as it pains me as a Mariners fan to make that prediction out loud. Um, and here's why. There's something different about this team. I, I was watching that game, and I fully expected them to lose. Before this win streak, Frank, they were 8-42 and when trailing the seventh inning. But since the win streak began, they are 4-0. and It feels like there is something different about this team. And setting aside feel and focusing on the numbers, they have an easy schedule remaining. Their underlying metrics are good. And against my better judgment, I believe
1: you know what when you believe when you're losing 5-1 on the road and you win these kind of games in July two runs in the seven three in the eight those are the kind of things that give you belief. those when you're having a magical kind of season by the way 11 game winning streak they've had one the Yankees have had one the Astros have had one the Braves have won 14 and the Orioles tonight go for 11 in a row so pretty interesting baseball season all right let's hear the next call
2: Hi, Frank and Mina. Do you see the Knicks and Jazz eventually getting a deal done for Donovan
1: Mitchell? Uh, Eventually, I do see it happening. The Athletic was reported that the Knicks uh, shot down a deal. It was six first-round picks. Six! Plus Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, Miles McBride, tickets to see Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden, free food at the Garden, I guess. (laughs) There's no way you do that deal if you're the New York Knicks. It's only July. Here's the thing. Danny Ainge is smart. Danny Ainge is shrewd. He knows that the New York Knicks really want Donovan Mitchell. So, of course, make a crazy offer. The only thing they can do is say no. Apparently, the Knicks said no as I lose my earring right here. But eventually, it will get done.
0: Yeah, I I feel like they're going to shed some of those picks, much like Frank is shedding. Apparently, all of his accessories (laughs) in this segment. Um, Because it's been no mystery that the Knicks, with Leon Rose, want Donovan Mitchell, whether it's a good idea with that small backcourt, I don't know. But uh, as Frank said, they can wait this out because they don't have competition. I mean, who has that sort of picks, uh, the sort of picks that Ainge wants other than teams like the Thunder and the Rockets who aren't going to be in contention for Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks are in the driver's seat, which feels weird saying out loud, much like it felt weird saying that the Mariners are going (laughs) to the playoffs.
1: By the way, Donovan Mitchell this weekend is going to throw out the first pitch at a Brooklyn Cyclones game. It's also bobblehead night. Guess who owns the Cyclones? The New York Mets. Donovan Mitchell's dad works for the Mets. And by the way, you think there's going to be some media from New York at this game? The Knicks know what they're doing when it comes to this. So does Donovan Mitchell. It's going to be pretty interesting this weekend. All right, the phone lines are closed. We're going to take one last break. But in our future, I see us discussing the Blue Jays losing a game they had no business losing.
0: And the Yankees are suddenly in a mini swoon. Will it continue over the next three games against the Red Sox?
1: You must be so happy. The Yankees are losing. The Mariners are winning. A KO MO.
2: Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team.
0: Part of the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas vina. Part of happy hour.
1: It's a Friday happy time. Happy 32nd birthday, Damian Lillard. It's really birthday week for Lillard, who, signed, who five days ago signed a two year, 122 million dollar contract extension that will make him the NBA's first 60 million dollar man. Not bad for a guy who appeared in just 29 games last season has yet to reach the NBA Finals and got swept by Golden State Warriors without Kevin Durant in Lillard's one and only trip to the Conference Finals. There's no denying that Lillard is a superb guard, a six-time All-Star, top 75 player all-time, and one of the league's best clutch shooters. He's also been tremendously loyal to the Blazers, but at what cost? An amicable separation may have been best for both parties, but Portland isn't ready to rebuild. Instead, it added Jeremy Grant during the offseason and re-signed Anthony Simons to a four-year Get ready, hundred million dollar contract. Mina, I'm not sure those moves make the Blazers a top eight team out west.
0: Jeez, Frank, happy birthday. You're never gonna win a championship. <laughs>
1: if he gets if he moves, if he gets traded.
0: Remind me to never get a happy birthday shout-out from you. Unfortunately, I'm inclined to agree with your assessment. They did get better, especially on defense, but it's just going to be too hard for them to get out of the West, especially if Kawhi Leonard and Jamal Murray come back.
1: You agree with me on Lillard and Lamar Jackson. Admit it. Happy anniversary, Michigan Panthers, who around this day, 39 years ago, you won the first USFL championship game, beating the Philadelphia Stars. 24-22. I actually remember watching this game. The Panthers quarterback was future Saints QB Bobby Hebert, who threw for 314 yards and three touchdowns. The Panthers' top wide receiver was my guy, the brilliant Anthony Carter, the former Michigan Wolverine. I loved him in college. Philly's big star was a coach named Jim Mora. Playoffs? Yes, that Jim Mora. The leading rusher that USFL inaugural season was Herschel Walker of the six-win New Jersey Generals. By the way, Philadelphia won the title the next season, then relocated to Baltimore, and they won again.
2: Mm.
0: I love learning about things I was too young to remember <laughs> from you, old-timer. old, old In um, a nice bit of synchronicity, the USFL just wrapped up their yeah. season, and guess who came in second place? The Philadelphia Stars, losing yeah. to Birmingham Stallions. they have a nice at, uh, league over there.
1: Go look at pictures of Anthony Carter in a Michigan uniform. He looked unbelievable. And improbable happy trails to last night's game for the Blue Jays. The Kansas City Royals arrived in Toronto without 10, that's 10, unvaccinated regulars, but still managed to beat the Jays 3-1. Kansas City called up eight minor leaguers to replace the sideline players and started four of them at first, center, catcher, and pitcher. Angel seper had been in double A, but made his first big league start of the season in just the second of his career and got the win, giving up just one earned run over five innings and Triple-A Omaha's Nate Eaton Homer in his major league debut. Royals manager Mike Matheny said, "Quote, that was one of the best wins of the year all things considered. It felt like yeah. a playoff, really." Enjoy it, Mike, as your Royals <laughs> are now 36 and 53 and we need Ooh. many more wins like last night's to make the playoffs.
0: I feel like that comment from him is a Hint, hint to the players who did not play because he appreciates the ones who did. Feel good story for those guys. Yeah.
1: Outstanding work today. No errors by you. We're running out of time. Let's go to the big finish. CBS Sports reports that Bengal safety Jesse Bates has no intention of playing under the franchise tag. Is that a big deal?
0: A moderate one. He is one of their best players. was key to their playoff run. You gotta think they want to keep him in the building. Frank, the Yankees have lost four of five. Will the mini swoon continue against the Red
2: Sox uh, this weekend?
1: They'll be fine. They were 61 and 23. They were about to come back to Earth. Jacob deGrom pitched four innings, striking out four and allowing no one runs in a triple-A rehab start last night. Is that significant?
0: Yes, the Mets have a 2.5 ERA in July. That's without DeGrom. They feel like a sleeping giant. The U.S. women's team beat Costa Rica 3-0. Are you impressed?
1: Absolutely. They play Canada on Monday for a trip to the Olympics. Last one, Dodgers and Angels start a three-game set out your way, Meaning you a lot of buzz out there or what?
0: The only buzz I hear is the buzzer. Nothing about the Angels,
1: Frank. <laughs> All right, outstanding work again. We're out of time. Thanks for watching. I'm Frank Isola.
0: And I'm Mina Kimes. PTI is off until Wednesday. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now here's SportsCenter.
1: See you next week, by the way. U.S. Canada Monday night trip to the PTI. Olympics. PTI.